Welcome to Unlocking the Decentralized Podcast. In this episode, cryptocurrency expert Abhinav Somani explores Web3, blockchain, cryptocurrency tax and investment while engaging with industry pioneers, technologists, and investors. Here is your host, Abhinav Somani. Welcome to the eighth episode of Unlocking the Decentralized. Today we'll be talking about cryptocurrency tax laws in India. Now everything we talk about today will be keeping in mind that this information is true and only applicable as of July 22 while we record this session. So let's start with some basics. What is a taxable event? Every time you sell a coin, every time you have a coin-to-coin transaction including USDT to ETH, making payments in crypto, buying and selling NFTs, mining a coin, receiving airdrops, staking income, earn interest using nodes, or either you earn interest on DeFi products, for example, lending. The Indian government did issue certain guidelines in terms of what will be the taxable rate, but unfortunately, there's not much clarity on what is a taxable event. And in my opinion, investors need to know about what is a taxable event to actually file their taxes. That's one of the reasons why I thought it's very important to record an episode just to explain what are taxable events in India according to the current tax laws. Now, at the moment, as of July 22, the tax rate on cryptocurrency income is flat 30% that is applied towards all transactions or all income generated on crypto. The tax collection on cryptocurrency transactions will begin April 1, 2022, which is the current tax year in India, while we record this episode. And DDS is another tax that will be collected from investors when they are making transactions or transferring coins from one place to the other. Now, TDS is basically tax deducted at source. So every time you make a transaction, there will be a 1% transaction fee that will be collected either by the exchange. If you have made the transaction using an on-chain exchange and if you're using just wallet, it's the responsibility of the investors or the transferring parties involved to actually record this TDS. Cryptocurrency investments are treated as asset investments in India, not security investments. So these have their own set of rules and regulations that we can expect a lot of more amendments coming up and a lot of changes in the tax laws applied by the Indian government. Let's talk a little more about TDS in India. Now, in the recent times, TDS was applied and been applicable since July 1, 2022. But again, there's very less guidelines out there. Investors are not sure about what needs to be done. Basically, they're pretty much thrown in the dark. And it's unfortunate that investors need to play the guess game and reach out to professionals for even smaller guidelines or just to understand the tax implications around cryptocurrency investment. So let's start with who does not have to pay any TDS on these transactions for crypto investments. If your transaction value is under 10,000 Indian rupees, so you do not have to pay any TDS on that transaction and your total transaction value compiled in a financial year is below 50,000. So for example, if I make a transaction of 11,000 rupees, I have to pay a 1% TDS on that transaction. However, if I keep the transaction limit below 10,000 rupees on each transaction, there's no TDS applicable on this. Also keep in mind the second threshold that is keep your total transfers or transactions below 50,000. Now, if you do not want to pay TDS, you have to make sure that your total transfer and transactions within a financial year or tax year remains under 50,000 rupees. Any cryptocurrency transactions made before July 1st, 2022 will not be counted in this threshold. So this threshold begins from July 1, 2022 and the 50,000 compiled in a year and 10,000 on each transaction that we just spoke about is only applicable after July 1st. Most investors are confused as to do they have to pay TDS on deposits and withdrawals as well? No. 
You do not have to pay TDS if you're just transferring coins from one place to the other unless you are actually selling goods or services in exchange of crypto and accepting that crypto in your wallet. Now again, if you're receiving crypto in your wallet in exchange of goods and services, you have to record your own TDS and file it with the government directly. The exchange does not get involved with this process. So if you're buying Bitcoin using INR, you do not have to pay TDS on that because technically selling of INR is not a taxable event in terms of TDS collections. But if you are trading with USDT and ETH pair, for example, here you're selling USDT. So you have to pay a 1% TDS on the sale of USDT because it is also a crypto asset. And then you have to pay another TDS of 1% whenever you sell the coin that you bought in exchange of the USDT. That is Ethereum for this example. Now, there's a lot of these platforms that offer referral income, earn or even lend opportunities to investors to make more money while they are invested or staking their tokens. You do not pay TDS on any of these earn features that are provided by these exchanges. However, there will be a TDS collection when you end up selling these earned tokens. So, for example, if I earned 500 USDT just for referrals, and any other situation like that, then I have to pay a TDS when I sell this USDT in the open market. Another important point to note here is that if your total net income for a financial year or a tax year is less than 5 lakh rupees, then 100% of that TDS is refundable, which means you will end up paying no TDS on any transaction. There's also no TDS applicable for crypto gifts as of yet. So let's go over what will be the tax implications for traders in terms of TDS. Now, if I am trading, for example, a pair like Bitcoin and USDT, USDT sold to buy the Bitcoin, I have to pay 1% TDS because USDT, as discussed before, is a cryptocurrency in itself. Now, in India, the price of USDT also fluctuates and is never pegged with the dollar. So it is treated just as another crypto asset and you might also have to record capital gains on trading with USDT. So when you sell the Bitcoin, you will also have to pay a 1% TDS there. So it's like you're paying TDS on both legs of the transaction. When we talk about margin trading, there's a lot of investors that are involved with margin trading and crypto. So for example, if I buy one Bitcoin that's costing 20,000 USDT, the required margin would be about 2,000 USDT. However, because my transaction value is actually 20,000 USDT, so there will be a 1% TDS deducted on the amount and that will be applied on closing and opening orders both. Not just because I have, you know, spent 2000 USDT for that transaction of the margin order that I just opened does not mean that 1% TDS will be applied just on the money that I paid, but the value of the token that I actually traded with, that's $20,000 for one Bitcoin. Now we already discussed that, you know, if I make a transaction using a wallet like MetaMask, I do not have to really pay that TDS if I'm just transferring coins from my own one wallet to the other. But if I am buying any kind of a cryptocurrency from a friend, for example, and I end up paying that person in cash and just receiving a deposit of Bitcoin, it is the responsibility of the seller and buyer to record this TDS because there's no no typical way to track this transaction and the government might not be able to even trace it. However, if you receive a, receive a tax notice or if you're audited, it is important to have sufficient backup documents for all your transactions. Now let's talk about NFTs. Now there's a lot of investors getting into NFTs, buying NFTs and trading on a daily basis. So how does TDS work with NFTs? Now when you buy an NFT, you have to essentially connect your MetaMask wallet to some platform like an OpenSea and then 
all your tokens, whatever you have in your MetaMask wallet, for example, there's ETH and you wish to buy an NFT, that ETH is transferred from your wallet to the seller's wallet. And that's how the transaction takes place and you receive a deposit of NFT. Now you pay TDS when you sell that ETH and you record a sell transaction, which you pay capital gain or loss on. And the minute you sell the NFT back in the market, you still have to record the TDS on that sell of NFT and record a capital gain or loss because essentially NFT would also have, uh, you know, an asset investment capital gain and loss. So I did discuss about all the taxable events regarding TDS for investors and everything that investors should know in India. Now let's list a few questions for the government. I know that no one from the government officials might even listen to this podcast episode, but I still want to throw it in there. Who tracks all transactions that happen off the chain? What happens to DeFi loans? What happens to, you know, staking rewards? You know, if I'm trading on a foreign exchange like Binance and that they don't currently even record TDS. So what will be the TDS applications there? Do I even need to pay TDS if I'm using a foreign exchange or if I am in a different country? For example, I'm living in the United States, but I still trade on an exchange in India. I still have to pay TDS on that irrespective of my residency proof and residency status. And what are the calculation methods for cryptocurrency taxes? Now, the government did say that it'll be 30% and it is straightforward, I agree. But just by throwing that tax rate on investors that, okay, it is 30% and you cannot offset losses of investments in one asset to the other, that is another rule that they put forward. But what are the methods that actually investors can use that's not even discussed, which I feel that should be the first step from government agencies or government authorities to inform investors about. Now, I've been assisting clients with cryptocurrency tax calculations for a little over five years. And in my opinion, I look at cryptocurrency investments just as inventory management. Now, imagine that you have purchased certain assets at different cost pools. So you essentially record and maintain a different cost pool for each quantity that you buy of cryptocurrency. And then you just do the accounting for that. Now, the most common accounting methods involved with inventory management is first in, first out, last in, first out, and highest in, first out. Now, first in, first out is basically when you use the first cost basis pool towards your first sale. That goes with the name first in, first out. And last in, first out also is when you the coin that you bought at the last gets reduced first. So, for example, if I have three different dates, now I will use the last date chronologically and apply that towards my sell order whenever it takes place. But in my opinion, highest in first out is the best method that all investors should be using to calculate their cryptocurrency taxes because it uses the highest cost basis pool towards any sale that you make. So this two things that it does is one, it delays the capital gain amount. And um, second, it does that it allows you to minimize your capital gains essentially and hold back profits as much as possible. But if you're a day trader and you're just buying and selling all the tokens that you hold and liquidating your portfolio completely on a daily basis or within the same tax year, then all three methods will basically work the same way for you. But if you're one of those investors that are actually holding on to tokens and not selling some part of the portfolio in that same tax year and holding it on for more than a year's period, then using the calculation method that best benefits you is really crucial over here. There are a few softwares that are coming up in the market for investors to use. Now, just a disclaimer, all software have a similar notice that if you're audited, if you receive a tax notice, you will have to correspond with your tax accountant, crypto expert, or CPA, or a chartered accountant, 
to actually support you in that audit and the software will essentially just give you a summary of how much money you made but the calculation algorithm at the back end is not explainable nor can it be used as supporting documents in an audit event so cryptocurrency investing is not like an ordinary investment schedule where you receive certain reports from software and you can just you know use that to file your returns nor you can rely on a third party you know software to do everything for you or even a cpa or a ca for that terms you have to understand your own investments and be on the same page with your tax expert so that you can follow what's being done in terms of your tax calculations we did talk about nft taxes and how investments in nfts are taxed but let's dig a little more deep into what exactly is the tax procedure when it comes to nft taxes so for example when you're buying nft you have to transfer eth from your wallet to the seller's account or the seller's wallet now that is a taxable event because you're selling eth so there will be capital gain or loss over there and you have to record tds on that sell order now, secondly, when you sell the NFT that you bought, you have to again pay a TDS and record capital gain or loss. Now, keep in mind that when you sell this NFT, you will receive the payment in Ethereum or any other cryptocurrency. So you have to record a cost basis based on the spot rate when you receive this deposit into your wallet. Now, this is the most crucial point, in my opinion, because all investors often, you know, do not keep a track of any cost basis whenever they receive these tokens. And when, you know, the tax date comes or the time comes to file your returns, there's no clue about what's going on. That's when, you know, you tend to make mistakes on your tax filings and then followed by tax notices. I also mentioned before that there's no way to track transactions that happen off the chain, especially using wallets like MetaMask. Now, when you send out Ethereum from an on-chain platform like, for example, Vazirx or Coinbase or Binance, they still know that you're transferring coins out from an on-chain exchange onto a wallet. So if it crosses a certain threshold, don't be surprised if you, know, you receive a tax notice saying that, Hey, we noticed that you have transferred over 5 lakh rupees in a tax year, so we need more justifications. Or we even need your wallet addresses to prove what transactions actually happened and how much money you made. Now, as all of us know that, you know, blockchain is an open database. So if I provide my wallet address to the tax authorities, they can immediately secure all transactions that happened on that wallet. And they can even get this address from exchanges because... If I'm sending coins from an on-chain exchange to a wallet and just using that one wallet for all my other transactions, that transaction information is easily redeemable. But if I end up, you know, transferring coins from an on-chain platform, then to a wallet and then to five other wallets, that's when it gets complicated and the government might not be able to track it that easily. I'm not mentioning this, you know, to persuade or motivate our listeners to actually try to find loopholes and confuse the government but it's just that if we keep our investments simple and do not hide any information it'll be easier and more straightforward for us as investors and the government to actually amend the current laws and you know come up with better tax laws for the country in general ever since india has applied the new tax laws and tds laws most investors have started to trade on exchanges that are offshore, for example, Binance. Now, most investors feel that, you know, if you trade on an exchange like Binance, there will be no track of how much money you made and your TDS will not be deducted. So you will end up saving a lot of money. 
but that does not mean that you do not report or you know pay any taxes to on transactions that you made on an offshore exchange because even when you register yourself on any exchange you do need certain kyc documents to be processed and the minute you do that the indian government will get notified that you have used this government document to trade on x platform and then if you haven't paid your tds you will essentially be imposed by a lot of these penalties in terms of tds and capital gain or losses so keep it simple do not confuse yourselves and don't try to go around the system it's not required tax laws are recently implemented in india and i'm sure the indian government will work around certain you know solutions for investors so things become more streamlined even the us government keeps you know amending all their tax laws and keeps changing the tax laws in terms of cryptocurrency investments and it has taken a long time to even understand how each investment type needs to be taxed for example staking nft defi node investments farming there's a lot of these ways that investors can actually make money and which makes it even more complicated for government agencies to understand how each of these trading patterns need to be taxed Now a lot of these on-chain exchanges like Wazirx, CoinSwitch and Binance that actually function in India in specific are facing a lot of problems in terms of just banks allowing investors to add money onto their trading accounts. Now there are a few ways that investors can use even today for example OKX is one of the platforms that actually function in India and they have a feature called the P2P feature that's a peer-to-peer that allows an investor to buy a coin like USDT from a seller on their platform essentially how it works is that you use a payment gateway like Google Pay and then you make the transaction and you buy your USDT now the prices of USDT as i mentioned before are not going to be dollar pegged so it can range from a dollar and 20 cents dollar and 30 cents sometimes even a dollar and 10 cents so it depends on the demand and supply of USDT at the point when you wish to buy these tokens banks do not really have to like cryptocurrency investments because now investors are withdrawing all their money that they used to keep in the bank and then started to store it in these crypto tokens and then you know just earn more interest via staking so why would they even store money in banks now what i feel is that one solution that can help investors easily load cash onto their trading accounts with cryptocurrencies is all of these cryptocurrency exchanges set up their own atm machines across the country so what this does is that anytime you wish to invest you can just go up to the teller machine or the atm machine and then just deposit the cash and the funds get immediately loaded onto your trading account this makes it more easier for investors if they wish to you know really invest and the banks are creating problems for them to transfer money from their bank account to exchanges now a lot of investors have also started to explore staking rewards now for example if i'm staking 100 ethereum and i receive 10 ethereum as staking income so that becomes 100% taxable that is at the 30% current tax rate and then i have to also pay a capital gain or loss on those deposited tokens now instead of complicating the process and you know paying or recording taxes twice what you can do is maintain a separate inventory pool just for rewards and then 
end up paying 30% on whatever you sell it for. For example, if I or that 10 Ethereum, I have a cost basis of zero. And when I sell it, I sell it when Ethereum is at 2000 per Ethereum. So it becomes $20,000. Now my tax over here that I have to pay would be 30% of that $20,000 because I didn't really pay anything to buy these coins and they were gifted to me or given to me as rewards. Now, trading on an offshore exchange like Binance, when the Indian government has applied such TDS tax laws, it might be an easier way or an immediate fix. But in the long run, be sure that you will receive some sort of penalties for not paying your TDS in time. So my recommendation to all investors and listeners is that to stop finding loopholes, you know, just pay your taxes as required and i'm pretty sure that the government will come up with more amendments and work around a system that will help make it easier for investors the reason why i talk so much about you know investors using international exchanges just to not pay tds is that in my recent interview with network 18 and cnbc with coinswitch and wazirx I understood that or it was also conveyed by the founders of these two companies that there's a 70% decline in the trades that are happening in India for cryptocurrencies. Now, it's not that all cryptocurrency investors have stopped trading. So there's somewhere that they are making these trades and that somewhere is probably a loophole that they think it is. So if investors are just looking for a way how to minimize their capital gains, I would recommend using a legal way that is using the highest and first out calculation method and not to find these loopholes. And another thing that I would like to say before we wrap up for today is that track your transaction and appoint professionals that can assist you file accurately because at the moment there might be softwares you might find a few professionals that say that you know they have been assisting investors and they might be good at you know just cryptocurrency tax calculation so a few questions that you can ask them is how will you support my tax audit you know how many years of experience do you have with cryptocurrencies or have you assisted cryptocurrency investors in the past before? So these are a few questions that can be asked. And thank you so much for joining today's episode. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to the team at CryptoTax and we'll be happy to assist you with the same. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Unlocking the Decentralized. This podcast is sponsored by CryptoTax, your one-stop solution for cryptocurrency taxes. Learn more at cryptotax.co.in.